0: Welcome to the Be Healed Podcast, where we build your faith and knowledge to receive the healing Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and our ministry has been seeing Jesus Christ heal people for more than 20 years. You can expect on this podcast to hear interviews, testimonies, teachings to equip you with a strong biblical understanding of God's promise to heal you. In addition, the most exciting thing to have happened is that you will actually receive the physical, mental, and spiritual healing that God provided for you. Today's episode is an essential topic of healing. It's about the healing of the heart. And it's a part of our life that so many of us need the anointed touch of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, get ready. I encourage you to take out a journal and write down those points that most powerfully touch your heart in your situation. Let's get ready for it. The subject of the heart in the Bible is enormous. It's all throughout the scripture. You can find teachings about the heart of a person from Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation in the Bible. It is a vital topic, and it is important that we would understand that Jesus Christ desires For not only our bodies to be healed, but also for our hearts to be healed. Now, the first thing that I'd like to do is bring some clarity to how we are referring to the heart in this podcast. And I'm going to do that by going straight to the scriptures and seeing the various dimensions or aspects of the heart that we're speaking about. Now, the term heart is used approximately 1,000 times in the scripture, and it isn't always used to mean the same thing. So, it's important that we look at the context of the verses around the use of the term heart to gain an understanding of these different aspects um, or dimensions of the meaning of it. Now, in Hebrew, the word heart is leb, and in Greek, the word is kardia, And some of the definitions of the word heart refer to the inner man, the mind of a person, the understanding of a person, the inner part or working of a person, the reflection or memory of a person. It also carries the idea of the determination of somebody's will. Uh, It's often looked at as the seat of the appetites or a seat of emotions and passions. It's also referred to as a seat of courage and we can find that in strongest Concordance in number 3820 for those who would like to look at the full definition of this term heart. So, when we are looking at this, we're going to just go to a couple of scriptures to really get an, a, a view of, of how they're used. So, the first scripture we're going to go to is Matthew chapter 9, verse 4, and it reads this, "...and Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil things in your hearts?" Thinking is an activity of the mind, Right? thinking is something that was happening but it was happening in the heart. Let's look at it again. It says and Jesus knowing their thoughts said, "Why are you thinking evil things in your heart?" Well, this is strange because again, do we normally think of thinking taking place in our heart? Probably not in the western culture. We think of thinking taking place in the brain. But Jesus is describing that this evil thinking was occurring in the heart. So this shows that the mind is part of the heart. This is where we saw Strong's Concordance bring out the idea of cardia reflecting the the mind, or the heart is a reflection of the mind or a source of what we are thinking. All right, let's go to a different verse in Acts chapter 11, verse 23, for yet another view of how the word heart is used. It says in verse 23, who, when he arrived and saw the grace of God, rejoiced and encouraged them all to remain with the Lord with purpose of heart. Now, this is where we see purpose, meaning a strong desire to do something, a exercising or a working out of the person's will. So purpose of heart is the will of a person. All right. So now in Matthew, we've pulled out the evidence in Scripture that there's thinking in the heart. And now in Acts, we see that there is this dimension of desiring or the dimension of will being in the heart, what you want to do. All right, let's go to another verse, John chapter 16, verse 22. It says, therefore, you also now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and no one takes your joy away from you. John 16:6 6 also says, "But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Well, both John 16:22 and John 16 verse 6, both are revealing that emotion is taking place. In John 16:22, there was joy, a rejoicing. In John 16 verse 6, there was sorrow. So now we see that sorrow and joy take place in the heart. Yes, our emotions are also emanating or seated in the heart. All right, we're going to go to one more verse. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. It reads, Let us come forward to the holy of holies with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and having our bodies washed with water. So now we see that the heart is the seat of the conscience. It's the place where we are being convicted of sin. Now, if you were wondering why I was going through all those verses, it was merely because I wanted you to see from the actual text in Scripture, the expressions or the aspects of this word heart in the scripture. Because once we understand that our heart is the composite or the composition of what we think, how we feel, what we desire, and where we are processing things like right or wrong or what is good and evil and the conviction of sin, we're going to be highly motivated to receive the healing that Jesus Christ desires for us to experience. I mean, think about what life would be like if your thoughts were healed, if you were no longer struggling to think the right things because you keep thinking the wrong things. Imagine what would happen to your life if you're thinking in accordance to faith and thinking thoughts of holiness and you weren't wrestling with thoughts from a wounded heart. Imagine what life would be like if you weren't wrestling with wrong emotions, that if your your heart is healed, your emotions now begin to serve you instead of you serving your emotions. And again, if your heart is healed, imagine what will take place to your desire. In truth, we're going to want what God wants, we'll desire what He desires, and we'll hate what He hates. And that's going to cause us to come to a place of, of obedience and hunger for Him and for His will. Well, in short, the healing of the heart literally creates a very deep, deep life change. And I want to tell you today that the gospel absolutely targets the heart as a place of healing. Our Heavenly Father knows every ounce of trauma, every part of our heart that has been hurt, that has been wounded, that has been let down. And we must understand that Satan targets the heart of a person. He targets us even from very young ages, and he works very hard to keep our hearts in a wounded state. Because a person whose heart is in a wounded state will not process life through the freedom that God desires them to. They'll make wrong decisions, they'll follow patterns in their life that cause destruction, and they wind up living a life of bondage. You know, the heart is one of those areas that is so part of us that we often don't even realize how wounded our hearts actually are until the Lord begins dealing with them. And it's a good work. It's a deep work of the Spirit of God to reveal the woundedness of our hearts so that He can begin to bring healing. I'm absolutely thankful that our Heavenly Father longs to heal our hearts. And He's He's a Father who really does see the heart, and He's full of compassion. He's full of patience concerning this area. In Psalm 147, verse 3, the Bible says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Isn't that beautiful? He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. In Psalm 34, verse 18, the Bible says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. It's so beautiful that God is not running away or he's not afraid of the wounds of our heart. In fact, he's calling us to a level of intimacy with him because he's the only one that's going to be able to heal that heart. And I want you to just make a commitment, even within yourself, that you are tired of living with the long-term wounds from things that have happened and that have hurt your heart or that have in some way uh, damaged your heart. I want you to declare right now that the physical abuse that you may have gone through, the sexual abuse you may have gone through, the mental or verbal abuse you may have gone through, that breakup that you felt you've never recovered from, uh, the betrayal that maybe you never thought that you would overcome and get on the other side of, maybe the anger that has been built up for many years. Maybe fearfulness that you've lived under for many years uh, has held you, and maybe there's a bitterness or maybe there are offenses or even hardness or coldness of your heart that has developed over time that you say no more. I want you to make a decision that says no matter what happened to you, you say yes to the Father's will to heal your heart. You say yes to his desire to restore you and to make you new. Because the Father is going to do it. But just like every other aspect of healing, it's going to come with faith. It's going to come with a surrender to the Father. It's going to come with an action that says, "Lord." I do want to be made well. I do desire to be made well. In John chapter 5, Jesus met a man and he asks him the amazing question. He says, do you want to be made well?" well? I believe this is a very important question as it relates to the healing of the heart, because many of us are still, well, in a sense, focused upon the hurts focused upon what people did to us, what they shouldn't have done to us. But God wants us to look away from the hurtful actions of people, and He wants us to look at Him because He is the very root of the solution. Literally, just being in His presence, the heart receives such beauty and joy and love. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Yes, maybe many people have wronged you. Maybe many people have brought pain into your heart, but not the Father, not His Son, Jesus Christ, nor the spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit have ever hurt our heart. In fact, God has only blessed our heart, only healed our heart and put his very love into our heart. And so I want you to make that decision right now. Even if you have to pause this podcast, I want you to take the time, even write it down in your journal and declare, I'm going to receive All that God has done for me, I'm going to receive the healing in my whole being, including the hurts in my heart. Well, I pray that you've done that. I pray that you have uh, declared that, prayed that and made that decision, because I'm going to describe a most blessed truth that's going to help us to move on that decision. And so I'm going to share something with you that I know has touched other people when I've shared it with them. I've had people immediately after hearing what I'm about to tell you, declare to me and say, once I heard that teaching, I knew I was well. I knew that the pain in my heart was diminishing. I knew that God did it for me. Well, here's the great truth about the gospel the work and the blessing of the cross are finished. Jesus Christ, when he came and when he suffered and when he died on the cross, when he was buried and when he rose from the dead on the third day, he completed the work of our healing. He completed it not in part, but in totality. In the gospel of John, Jesus declared when he was on the cross, it is finished. Therefore, the healing of our total being, mind, body, soul, spirit, our heart, every area of us, was completely provided for when Jesus Christ finished his work. This means we don't have to wait for God to send healing. It means it's already been sent. It's already been provided. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the broken-hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Yes, the anointing of God was sent and flowed in Jesus to heal the broken-hearted, well, the Bible also declares even more. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is awesome. This means that through the born again experience, by being made alive by Jesus Christ, by having our spirits made in the image of Jesus Christ, we have already received new minds and new hearts. Yes, the old heart may be damaged, but the new one is pristine and pure and not walking with scar tissue from previous wounds. I want to declare to you that God, through the gospel, through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, has literally given you a new mind, a new heart, and we can live according to the new creation and not according to the old. I want to tell you right now, praise God, That Jesus Christ has provided the way to walk in victory. And it isn't primarily through trying to get your old, unregenerated heart healed, but rather it's about receiving the new heart that God has given. So, in truth, being healed happens in an instant, it happens in a moment. What is that moment? It's the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior through faith. It's the moment that we become born again of the Spirit. Now, somebody may be thinking, but pastor, I have been a Christian for a while and I'm going through a process to get healed. How can you say that healing happens in an instant? Well, the healing that I'm referring to is the source of the healing. It's the actual construct of healing, which is the born-again experience. That's what happens in a moment. Now, the reality is that even though we have a new mind and a new heart, it takes time for our souls to catch up to the work that was done on the cross. In other words, our minds even though they're new in Christ, still need to be renewed. We still have to learn. We still have to study. We don't all of a sudden become born again and then know everything about God and His Word. No, that is a process of growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, the grace of God is there. The healing of God is there. The knowledge of God is there, but I'm growing in it. And so in truth, I've got a healed heart, but I have to begin to live according to the provision that God gave me on the cross. Therefore, the process that we're experiencing is not so much of the getting the healing as much as it is the receiving of that healing. Now, this is going to depend on what a person learns about the word what a person is exposed to concerning the truth of the gospel. It's also going to depend upon how deeply they receive that healing, how much they believe that healing, how much they stand in that healing. It may be that one person receives Jesus Christ. Their faith is so strong and pure, that they receive a very quick deliverance from long-term trauma. It may be that someone else is not responding in the same way, and it's going to take them years to overcome. But the wonderful and good news I have for you today is that the basic and most foundational understanding of being healed is being made new, being born again. And that is wonderful news because any one of us can begin to learn what the Bible says. We can learn to resist all of the bad thoughts and bad lies and all the suggestions of the enemy. We can begin to take authority over the wounds in our heart. We can begin to receive the love and nurturing of the Father in our heart, and we can be free. Well, this has been part one of this message, and I pray that you will take time and truly make that decision to believe God, to receive from Him, and to say, God, I will receive this reality that you have made me new. I do declare that if I'm in Christ, that I'm a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You can agree with the provision of the word of God today in the gospel. You can declare, I am therefore no longer bound. You could agree with 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 that says that we were healed by Jesus when he died on that cross. That we already have been healed. It's the first step. Take that first step. Receive the healing by faith. It doesn't matter how you feel right now. It matters that you believe the provision of Jesus Christ and his provision has made your heart new. So go ahead and receive it. Record it somewhere. Tell a friend. Talk to the Lord in prayer. Declare it in the name of Jesus Christ. It's your first step in beginning to get free. We're going to continue this message on part two, where I'm going to give you some practical tools of applying what has been provided for you by Jesus into your life so that you can begin to experience new levels of freedom. Hey, again, my name is Steve Hannett and I am the host of the Be Healed podcast. I'm thankful for the people that God is touching. Find out more about our ministry at everyhousenow.org and make sure you check out The Miraculous Life, our TV program on the It's Supernatural Network and Destiny Image TV. And make sure you get encouraged in the Word of God. Until we talk next time, God bless you and we love you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Behold podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett. And you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website, you can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.